0: Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the Kind of an Expert podcast. As always, my name is Corey Tindall, and I'm your host. And this week, I was able to chat over the phone with previous guest, Amarie Costillo. Wanted to check in on what she's been up to. And uh, like many comedians who were doing comedy professionally she kind of had her entire life turned upside down uh when the pandemic hit and obviously it's been a while now so what i wanted to talk about with her was not only what she's doing now but she mentioned that she's really never worked in an office before and had 10 or 11 different jobs since she turned 21 so really This episode, we're talking about the hustle uh, and just working wherever she could get work. Stories that came out of it from being a club promoter and a nanny at the same time and all this other stuff. So I think it's really interesting. I think it's pretty relatable and I think you guys will enjoy it. As always, uh, please like, share, subscribe. I appreciate any time that you share the podcast with other people. Uh, go follow uh, my Instagram, Corey T Comedy. There's now a dedicated Instagram for this page at Kind of an Expert. Uh, I have a TikTok now. You can go follow at Corey T Comedy um, and follow a. Marie Castillo on Instagram and Twitter at part-time bro and listen to her new podcast on the brawl network uh, where she talks about the minnesota vikings if you're into the nfl with that let's get into the episode Amory it. Hey it has been so long since we talked probably what 6 months 7 months like I, we i think we last talked like right before all of the riots happened this last summer
1: yeah, I was wondering because I know we were like, we're, we, you and I were freaking out because we weren't sure if sports were gonna happen.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> if football
1: wasn't, uh, you were so excited I had about to start
0: watching the the Great British Baking Show
1: <laughs> to replace you, sports. <laughs> you were actually excited about how the Lions drafted. I mean, you know, yeah. it was it was uh, <laughs> it was an interesting. It felt like five years ago because I swear to God, twenty twenty uh, was not a yeah. uh, twelve months. I don't know how long it was. I still don't. I still don't know what day it is. Like football was the only thing that kept my schedule straight the last couple months. Like I'm like okay Thursday night and then to Monday and then I lost it again. So, um, right. but yes, thank you so much for having me on again. Uh, of course. K- kind of funny that you know we played each other yesterday and then we're like, well we have no life now, so let's podcast. Uh, yeah, have, right, let's have, yeah, let's have – We're going can, golfing.
0: We could share our, our, our Vikings-Lions misery over, over a podcast, I figure. Oh, uh,
1: well, I'm actually <laughs> – yeah, well, and I'm, you know, always optimistic. It's the most annoying part about me. But I'm actually excited about my team. Uh, we are just – Wow. We are just very injured on defense. We pract- we pretty much have a practice squad and then with, like, the best safety in the league. So, I mean, uh, with Harrison Smith. All so right. So, I mean – I can't be mad. I'm like you it was so crazy. Like I study my team and I'm like, who are all these players out here? Yeah. I know. <laughs> so <laughs> I know. and our offense is amazing. So anyways, on that note. But it was just funny because I'm like, Well, we're going golfing now. So here we go. Yep. Ah.
0: Here we go. But yeah. a lot
1: has happened during the pandemic since last time I talked to you. Uh, yeah. What do you
0: What do you mean? Nothing. Nothing's been going on since uh, June. Oh, whatever. <laughs> well, what's, what's, what's
1: crazy for eight? What's crazy for me? I almost spoke in third person, like I'm that important. Is <laughs> I've done. I went to the Midwest because uh, in September I still try to do my tour that I told you about last time. I think I told you about it. Right. But you know that was all canceled uh, due to. Most stadiums weren't allowing fans, and then every other day, comedy changed but I did get to do a show in Wisconsin. Don't ask. It's an awful place, but they wanted me to headline in Packer country. It was like, oh my god. Yeah. Clintonville by chance? I don't know what it is, but I but okay. I basically I basically felt like a supermodel whatever little town I was in. Uh, basically wow. the bar the bartender told me I was a 16 in Wisconsin and that was the kind of town it was. You know what I mean? Like That's awesome. Yeah, and I had all, I think it's cuz like I think it's cuz I Oh, my God. Because I had all my teeth. No, it was a really. um, I don't know why I can't think of the town, but it's like 200 people. Everyone knows each other. You know, one of those. I was like. So you
0: performed for all 200 of them? (laughs) Like, how how does this work?
1: Actually, some big radio guys, huge Packer fans, uh, because I did my sports roast. And then uh, Paul Spratt and I headlined after. So we did a Vikings -Packers Packers roast because, you know, we kicked off the season. So it was a lot of fun. Um I can't stand the Packers and usually hate every fan, but they were actually decent and nice. you know, and it was before the game, so it was still I don't know, decent. Anyways, I did some shows <laughs> and then I was hired by the Brawl Network. I'm kind of starting a new genre of comedy. I think you're going to join me. Uh, I'm I call myself the, a sports comedian now because that's what I I don't want to be You know those like titles. I'm like, there's too many titles. I don't want to be like stand up comic, host, sports personality. The list goes on. I'm like, okay, entrepreneur. No, Um, sports comedian, because that kind of wraps up everything in one thing.
0: Yeah. So uh, that fits you pretty, uh, pretty exactly.
1: Pretty exactly, because I feel like I'm just like a personality comedian, sports, whatever. Uh, Anyways, uh, the owner. Shout out to him, Mike Berez. Well, just a little bit about Brawl Network before we get into it. Uh, he started; yeah. it's kind of like a Barstool esque. I hate saying that, but you know they blaze trails for all these media groups, sports media groups, and entertainment. Is Mike Brez He started out in Chicago, made the so like kind of like how Barstool started out in Boston. He started Chicago, got big in Chicago. He's like, man, I really want to do this, and then he expanded, and now we have a uh, half the NFL teams. We started an NBA Brawl. There's an MLB Brawl. So there's all these different mm. sections to the Brawl. And then under each team is a specific brawl, and I run Vikings Brawl at the Brawl Network.
0: Nice. And That's I, awesome.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a dream come true. You know, I'm 34 years old, and I host a podcast, a Vikings podcast with two former Minnesota Vikings who are my age, who are retired and just trying to figure out their life like we are. And wow. they're incredible, uh, Aaron Henderson and Jamarka Sanford. And it's just so crazy to me because like they talk about it so casually. Like if we're going to, what, what guests yeah. we're going to have on. And I'm like a little girl. I'm like,
0: okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like with, with comedians. When we talk to to normal people, it's like, Oh, have you ever met this person? Have you ever met this person? It's like, right. well, they just kind of hang out next to you. Like, I don't know if it's meeting them, but it like, we sound so much more casual. I'm assuming that they, it's the same feeling for them with, uh, yeah. the, like you are now the average person talking to these people. Right.
1: So, and like one of my hosts will be like, like, I'm obsessed with, like, well, I have a thing for safeties, but, like, current cur- like a current player like Harrison Smith for the Vikings, like, J- Jamarca, one of my co-hosts, will be like, yeah, Harold and I talk. I'm like, oh, you tell Harold I say what's up, okay? uh Yeah, okay. <laughs> no. um But even what I'm excited to build at the Brawl, I think it's really cool. Uh, I have my own platform to do whatever I want, so work from wherever I want, and they really want to take this whole sports comedian thing, you know, my sports roast, my sports tours, where I want to follow around teams, and we want to, like, kind of make that a category within the within the network as well, so I'm very excited about that. But besides hosting and doing my stand-up, I'm producing a podcast for my co-host of the Vikings Brawl for the Players Brawl, where we have... Um, nice. Yeah, it's really cool. It's basically uh, everyone has a story. It's not like Moneyball, like... Because I feel like, had you ever seen the movie Moneyball? I feel like that ruins sports for you yeah, sometimes when you learn the business side. You're like, ugh. But this kind of gives a chance to humanize athletes because we think we know, but we have no idea as a fan. So this podcast is so cool. We've had coaches. We've had former players. I mean, we've had NFL, MB, uh, WNBA, WMBA we had like high school coaches we're going to have producer of good morning football on like there's like a, a wide range of people who are just in the sports industry and it's crazy because like you forget about a lot of these guys like um we had on Dequel Jackson who caught like the deflate gate ball Tom Brady, AFC championship, <laughs> which by the way, he's still trying to get that ball and he can, it's nowhere yeah. to be found. <laughs> so, oh. cause that was his first pick of his career and it's AFC championship. And it's Tom Brady. He's like, I still don't have that ball. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was destroyed. It's yeah, probably, you t- <laughs> know Belichick destroyed that. there's
0: no way that ball exists on this planet. He shot it into space with Elon Musk car.
1: Yeah. Um, and um yeah, so it's just been like it's it's just like a dream come true for me. I live I live for football and um we had oh you'll you'll the and then just everyone subscribe to it, Players Brawl, Brawl Network, and my Vikings Brawl podcast, but if you're not a Vikings fan, you're probably not gonna enjoy it, but still wanna promote it. <laughs> yeah. But uh we had Cliff Averill on, which by the way, he went from Former going up. lion. Yeah, so it was zero and sixteen team. To winning a Super Bowl. I mean, he has an amazing story. Goddamn right. (laughs) I have to tell you this because I just love it so. I love, it's like, I'm just like, I'm on Zoom with all these like athletes. I'm like, oh my God, this is my dream. (laughs) But Cliff was like, like he's proud he's worked his whole life to get to the NFL. I don't, you don't care if you're on the Lions or the Chiefs right now. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just trying to be, you know, relevant. But he's like, Oh my God, I people used to start just making fun of me when I told them I played for the Lions. <laughs> like, he's like, he's, he almost <laughs> wanted, he's like, oh my God, I worked my whole life. And just people are like making jokes and making me feel embarrassed when I'm like, I played for the Detroit Lions. Anyways, you, that, that episode. Uh, he
0: can't help that we drafted him. That's not uh, his fault. If he came here, anyone who comes to Detroit in free agency, <laughs> laugh at them. But the draft picks, you gotta you gotta give them a pass.
1: Mm hmm. That's so funny. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. You don't talk about my you don't talk about my AP that way. Um
0: Yeah. I mean, he what's just, he doing here? You know? Oh like, no no. He's taking carries from <laughs> DeAndre Swift.
1: Yeah. Well and also he was like well, I don't want to be a part of a team that's rebuilding. I'm like, yeah, no shit, AP. Let's, let's g- get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come exactly. home, baby. Come home. Come home. No. Um. Ugh. Anyways, so very exciting. Uh, very exciting stuff. And um, look, I look forward to the Brawl Network. We're gonna have a big year this year. So check it out. Yeah. A lot of if you're a sports fan, it's a great, <clears throat> great platform to like a lot of different personalities and very very knowledgeable good stuff from teams to gambling to like whatever your needs are so
0: yeah it's good so so what were you doing so obviously like i i saw you at all the the comedy clubs or whatever but it's so hard to make money in the city as a comedian like what were you doing before the brawl network to like Bring in income, and if you were making that much money off comedy, I I apologize. I just assumed nobody without a Netflix special is making any money. No, no, but, no. But uh,
1: oh my god, I was thinking about it. I got I had all paid shows in, um even like zooms, right in during the pandemic. But I think I only did like twenty shows, like ten to twenty shows, right? Like, which I was trying to tell people that's how many I do like a week. <laughs> like that's insane. Yeah. Um, so, woo, that was fun income loss. So I'm very lucky. So when we were just, when we were discussing me coming back on the pod, I had this like realization that I've never worked in an office before. Um, just crazy one.
0: They're everywhere.
1: And, and I'm 34 years old and I've never been that person who wanted to like sit in an office all day. I was like, I will figure it out. I will do anything, but you know, (laughs) so as I was, uh, pursuing my entre- entrepreneurship and stand-up comedy and trying to create my, like, dream of sports and comedy. I've had, like, um ev- like any and every job you could think of. But to answer your first question, I'm very lucky. I, I became a, a nanny when I – I'm 34 again, again. But uh, when I was 21, I became a nanny in New York City when I moved here because I was like, okay, uh, I need money. and. Yeah. At the time I was doing, I was pursuing modeling and I was like doing some promotional models, like uh, promotional model stuff like Red Bull or Jaeger Girl or all this shot stuff. And this one, I was like, how can I make money to one of these girls I was working with? And she's like, dude, be a nanny. I'm like, what? Like where I come from, (laughs) like in New York and the big cities, you know, it's like a custom, but like where I'm from, that's like, it's a TV show or like Mary Poppins, you know what I mean? And I was like, what? Yeah. And my friend's like, no, you can make so much money, which by the way, you can and oh really oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) like what (laughs) are
0: we what are we talking here i i do know a couple nanny like my cousin is a nanny for uh a couple of like very well-paid indian doctors and i know she does pretty well in chicago but like until that i kind of thought it was like like nannies in our hometown like you were saying in in michigan it was like you know ten dollars an hour and they'd work you know, four oh. hours until uh. my parents came home or something okay. like that.
1: Yeah. And that's more of like a babysitter. Um, But right. <laughs> but yeah. also it's like your <laughs> sibling watched you or like your aunt. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Right. Okay. So, and people think it's an easy job and it's not because you're raising kids and you're raising someone on someone else's terms, rules, life. And it's like a weird job because you, oh, ha- yeah. you have to have boundaries, but there's no boundaries because you're like a family, right. it's really weird. But when I was 21, I got hired by this amazing family. Uh, they're pretty private, so I'm not gonna say their name. But three kids. I got hired for a four-month-year-old, and then there's like two-year-old twins at the time. And there's two wow. na- there's two nannies because they need they need full-time help because it's just like a lot with twin stuff. But I was 21 yeah, and I was like, I was like, gonna
0: say, so you just you you suddenly had three children you had to take care of. Yeah, and I was like 20 babies.
1: 20, <laughs> <laughs> 21, 21-year-old party girl just moved to New York, you know. Like, I was like, Ooh. all right. Uh, trying to figure out my life. It, But I I actually, like, fell in love with it. And I also was, and it came with a lot. But so, let's see, we're 13 years later. And I've been on and off with them throughout my career and whatnot. Uh, but when I started, when my comedy career started taking off, I went to part-time with them. And during the pandemic, they called me and they're like, listen, if you want, you can, like, we know, like, do whatever you got to do. Because, you know, every like you're quarantined, right? Like, I don't li- I've never lived I've lived with them before, but not like, you know, not a global pandemic. And uh, sure. And yeah. I and I travel with them. I've spent summers in the Hamptons with them. So it's not like weird, but they're like, you can come manage and work your hours at our Hamptons house we're gonna live there during the pandemic and I was like okay yes ma'am yes let's do this hell yeah hell yes so I'm very lucky because I've I built this amazing relationship with this family and it's such a unique job like everyone's like oh my god it's funny because the family calls me carrot they're like all my comedy friends are like how do I get a carrot job I'm like I literally just built this really weird unique relationship where like no one will ever have this job that I do with this family, though. Like, I kind of manage their lives now. At first, it was, like, full-on mom, take care of kids, you know, clean, cook, whatever. But now it's more like I manage and overlook everything. And I still cook and clean and stuff, but it's, like, way different. Because the kids are now 15 and 13. So oh, okay.
0: Yeah, so, so they're pretty self-reliant.
1: Ah, uh, you would think. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I've had too good of a nanny. I know. They that. no longer know how to do anything.
1: And I've developed, <laughs> I did, they've, we've been through, uh, we've had some turnover, but I always come back and I've lasted the longest. So I've had different um, nanny girlfriend, nanny wifeys. And I lo- we, uh, a lot of them are my dearest friends. And I always get told I'm the one that spoils them. But I'm also like, I. but they also listen to me too out of all of them. So I don't know. I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good yeah. at it. So, uh, well,
0: talk talk about that relationship with like the kids because you mentioned that there's there's no boundaries, but also there's boundaries that you need to set. Like, I that seems like such a fine line to walk. Is there like specific things that come to mind when you? Uh, when you say that, like, are you allowed to be talking about this stuff? I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble. Oh no, you're
1: not going to get anyone in trouble. No, I, I won't tell you who they are. Like I won't, (laughs) I I know, I I know what you, I know what I'm doing. But, um, so the, the, what I'm saying is like, sometimes you get so caught up when, because you, you build such a close relationship, but you have to, you forget it's a job. So if there's like a disagreement or you're not seeing eye to eye or like, you know, it's very tough. And so I'm trying to give you an example. It's so silly. But as it, when it comes, I'll, I'll think of a better answer for that. But when it comes to the kids, it's really cool because the youngest one, he's uh, Luke, he's 13. Um, he has a YouTube channel, by the way. And he has over oh. 100,000 100, views on one of his videos. And I was like, you know what, Luke, I'm sick. Of your, I'm sick of you. Like I work, I work blood, sweat and tears over here, but let me tell you, this kid is a streamer and like really good. And he's, he's taught me like Adobe programs. This kid's a little genius. Okay. Wow. Yeah. During the pandemic, he was like my little producer and like, people were like, who's making your videos? I was like a 13 year old. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, they're like my best friends. It's like weird. It's like kind of like siblings in a weird way, but cause you know, and I'm kind of like their big sister in a weird or an aunt I guess you would say at this point like we're just like besties and it's really cool you know I think I think a nanny relationship is really cool some people judge it you know they're like oh people don't want to raise their own kids but th- these parents are so involved with their kids they love their kids if you can afford to not do all the not fun stuff why not you know what I mean like yeah like I run all their errands for them that's fun I clean or organize their house I'm like that's dope like they don't they just get to do the fun stuff with their kids, hang out with their kids, you know what I mean? So I right. I respect that like so much. So yeah, that's what's cool, it's just like so weird. But people are like, isn't it weird like living with them? I'm like, I don't know, they're just like my family now, you know, they, don't, yeah, they so know, you know mean, my family, they've been through all my highs and lows in my adult life, like they, they brought me, they're kind of like my New York parents. I mean, they adopted me when I was 21. <laughs> These uh, wealthy people in Manhattan adopted me when I was 21, and they've, like, helped me grow up, and they've kept me grounded. They've kept me humbled, you know, through – and they support my career, which you're – it's very lucky with a job. What day job can you be like, um, can I take off because I'm going on tour this weekend? No. A lot of day jobs. <laughs> Do you, like – you know how hard it is with day jobs. Like I'm, yeah. I've, I've been so fortunate with a lot of even my bartending. I mean, I told you I've done a million things where I have had very mm-hmm. supportive people in my career, especially the family I have worked for. I have worked for a couple families too. So if they listen to this, I don't think that I love them, but uh, my main family, yeah, they've they've helped me through it all. So I'm very lucky. Very, my mom is very thankful for them too. You know, they've watched after me through my crazy twenties. Yeah. So
0: no i i would definitely uh would have enjoyed a a little more support from my from my day job i guess the first one was good but my second job i've had three jobs in new york the second one i got fired from within six months and that was you talk about uh your day job humbling you that one uh really kicks you in the nuts to be straight up fired right um like that but you know part of the reason was that it was like, they decided I wasn't a good fit with like doing all this comedy stuff. Like they wanted someone who's going to be there nine to 10 hours a day and be a hundred percent in on this machine learning technology. And I guess in the interview process, I didn't do a good job or or I didn't like hide it well enough, but something like something where I could actually talk to them about it, which is more what I have now is, uh, that would have been awesome at the time. But, um, With, like, the the parents, I'm always always interested because, like, my family likes to kind of fight and snap at each other. Like, we're all pretty sarcastic. We all like yelling. Yeah. But, like, my dad can't fire me from the family. And, obviously, like, I assume these people wouldn't just, like, up and cut you from the family like that. But, like, what is that like when you're at their house in the Hamptons and, like, the kids are doing something wrong? Like, is that your job to yell at them or is that their job to yell at them like how do, what's the hierarchy how does that all work?
1: So we're a team I would have to say that I we you know since they were since I started the job the, the parents man they're they are some they are two of the greatest people I ever know the dad is a very misunderstood very dry dark dude. And so, like, <laughs> I think, like, I understand him, and that's why, like, I've lasted the longest because, like, he, nice. you know, he, but I, but, I mean, they're, I like how he is. He's, he's, he's a tough cookie, but he's so awesome and so supportive. And, but when it comes to like disciplining or anything else, you kind of like, we started having like team meetings, and I just always ask them, like, they know me and they know my values and like how I roll and stuff. And, I think that's why they hired me, too, because I'm kind of on the same page as them. And Mm. if I feel like I know the level of when I should take it to the parents, you know what I mean? But they trust me Mm -hmm. and we've known each other for so long that I know how to discipline their kids. And we're all on the same page. Like what I always am like, okay, what do you want me to teach them? How do you want me to discipline them? You know, whatever. But, But the parents are very much unless I'm there by myself with the kids, the parents take care of it.
0: Gotcha. The mom,
1: the mom, she's she's the, she's the, the she's the enforcer, the the, medi- the mediator, yeah, the mediator. The dad doesn't want to nice. get involved.
0: No, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. It seems like it's, I, I grew up in a, uh, in a house with two enforcers and uh, as a child, it could, it could be a lot. Uh, right. <laughs> so, I don't know, I, it seems, it seems like you guys got a good thing going on there. So, I'm telling you, you it's so from-
1: unique, it's so unique, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm sure. So y- you were saying the um you did that from 21 to essentially now. Yeah, but and on and off. you on comedy, but you've done Oh, okay, on and off. So what were you doing in those other times? Like why would you So when you were off, would it be for comedy's reason or would you just um, need to go get another job or like what what happened there?
1: Well, one I also got I'm like um uh, I guess like ex boyfriends got in the way as well. And ah. when I, the first time, the first time I stopped working with them, um, I had to help a family matter, but I only came home for a month. And then I didn't want to, that's the kids were too young. Like they couldn't wait for me. You know, I was like, and I wasn't sure what was going to happen. And so then mm-hmm. I came back and I got a bartending job, which I've never bar I've worked in restaurants, but I you know. <laughs> I uh started bartending when I got back and in the city yeah when I moved back I, I moved away to New York for a month to go help my family then I moved back for my stupid ex-boyfriend and uh, not stupid he's fine he's fine <laughs> um um dude this is just a crazy side story so I'm a go-getter like my one of my best friends is like Hey Marie, I can't believe how quickly you can get a job. Like I just figure it out. I call everyone I know. You know me. I'm a social person. I like. Yeah. I just like. I'll do anything to like. Yep. Get by. I get back and I'm still the family. I'm still in touch with them. They're like, we knew you'd be back, but they hired someone already. And then I and then I started working part time for them again, like a month later. But I started working at this restaurant uh when i got back and i was moved in with my ex and then he dumped me after a month i was back and i was homeless and i was living in the oh. re- and so i lived in the restaurant that i was working at is <laughs> isn't that crazy and but and uh i lived in the Did they at
0: least have like a back room or were you like setting like up a pillow putting it some was tables like, together and making a bed <laughs>
1: it was like an office like uh it was like an apartment kind of office in the, in the okay. you know like a weird new york building with an apartment but i was like homeless i did not want to tell my mom I, she finally figured it out she's like where are you <laughs> and then i would go um shower and get ready at my gym it right. was that was such a crazy i think about that and i was working part-time for the which i didn't want to tell well, i said i just said their name um part-time for the I family i could i can, I can you, that you, you it's know like... it's, it's not that big deal i just <laughs> like to, i just always like to respect people's privacy it's yeah. not that uh and then i would uh you know and i would i didn't even tell them either which is weird so yeah that's one of my many crazy stories in my early 20s i was but,
0: gonna say how old how old were you in that time 20 23 23, 23 yeah 23
1: okay. 23 but Even before I nannied, though, I worked at a jewelry store in Soho. I became a club promoter. That was. Wow. Oh, yeah. You know, all the clubs in Manhattan when I was 21. Um, Yeah. Because I went out with like those some models one night and I was like, wait, these creepers get paid to bring girls to clubs. Like it was so ridiculous. I was like, I can do this and I can do it better because girls trust girls and I'm like part time bro. So I met these promoters and I was like. I, I like just, you know, I started talking shop with these two guys that didn't seem like creepy because a lot of them were creepy, by the way. And that's when they used to like BBM you on your BlackBerry and like it was or your sidekick and you're like, and they're like whatever. <laughs> and and they were and they were all so creepy. And I was like, oh, my God, these people you get you used to get paid like bring a, like a hot girl, like 20 bucks or something. I can't remember what it was. It was like 20 bucks a person or they would pay you like a flat rate hmm. for the night and give you a bottle of like Grey Goose. I'm like, um sign me up for this so yeah i was like undercover promoter at first i worked with these uh two guys named adam and drew and <laughs> and i was like i was like their undercover promoter like i would go out for happy hours and stuff and like recruit hot girls and just bring them to the club and then, then they would pay me
0: wow it's so that's smart so a smart. good setup i think that's literally how uh did you ever see molly's game no. It's about poker. Like no. that was the that strategy was exactly what she used to get a bunch of people in. Like she was a model who would go get a bunch of uh bunch of celebrities and bring them into this club or whatever. Or no, not Molly's Game. I'm thinking of a different movie. My I'll cut this part out. But the uh no, that is a good fucking idea so i assume you started bringing in way more than either of them could and (laughs) just took over your own okay well i didn't take
1: over my own i just like kept going with it and then i eventually started nannying so i just stopped because you know club i mean as much as i'm a fun girl who like you know i like i like to have fun and drink and stuff like that the club i don't like clubs i'm like i can't watch sports here i can't talk to anyone here Mm. it's so yeah I think not, especially not now in my 30s. Like, once in a while, it was, like, fun to go out and dance and stuff. But I was like, I am a people person. I want to watch sports. I don't want to drink cranberry and vodka. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, whatever. But anyways, that was always a fun story. I'm like, oh, my God. And just, okay, so I did get scammed by one of the first club promoting companies I worked for. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 21. I am such a, like, young, innocent child. Like, I've never been to New York. I just moved here on a whim. Right. And, and, uh, oh, my God. My mom would kill me if she was... Okay, so I got scammed, and they ended up not paying me. I worked a whole night, and then they didn't pay me. And so, like, I had no money to even get on the subway from Chelsea. I lived in Soho. But, guys, listen to this podcast. Don't get it twisted. I did not. I'm not that... I just can't move to Soho. I just... Fake it till you make it. I don't know how I pulled all this off, but I did.
0: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing.
1: So I I, I know. I I moved to Soho like when I moved to New York with my roommate from college. And everyone's, yeah, my life is unreal. Okay, so I couldn't get home, though. And it's January, middle of January, freezing. I'm 21, so I don't think I need a coat. I'm in a little dress, heels, like... You know, because I'm at these nice clubs and meat packing, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna die! I, I'm gonna walk home." Like, you know what I mean? Not that it's far, but it's far. Chelsea to Soho. Yep. Right. You. It's it's far if it's cold. And, it, <laughs> and yeah, and middle of my first. By the way, uh, first time I've ever experienced pretty much winter. And oh my god! So oh, these right. so these guys in a BMW pull up to um in. I don't know what I'm such an idiot. They're like, "Do you need a ride?" I said yes. Got in the car. I I don't I till this day. This is the best part of the story, though. Way before Uber. Way <laughs> way before Uber. Okay, but like I couldn't even afford Uber. like I didn't have any money because I was right. I was get, like getting by, like you know what I mean. I was just trying to pay day by day, paycheck to paycheck. Get in this car, and they they're like drove me to Soho and like dropped me off, and I was like, I'm so lucky. Best part is right before I um, – I and then I didn't see those guys for years, right? They were promoters too. I didn't know that at the time. I just let three okay. creep, creepy guys in a BMW drive me home. No, they're not creepy. But 10, ten years later, I get this like text um, but no name saved. It was like right before I headlined on Caroline's. And he didn't even mean to text me, this guy Jeff who drove me home that night. I was like, who he, he? I don't know who he was trying to text. Something about Bitcoin. I was like, hey, I don't know. Who. I was like, I was like, who is this? And he's like, this is Jeff. I was like, oh my god. He's like, oh, do you remember me? I'm the one that drove. No, it ten years later. It came full circle, and he saw I was doing good in comedy. So it's like, it's just a really good story. Good story. Uh, such an idiot. But you know, I'm here. I'm thriving. That's We're awesome. thriving at the Brawl Network yeah. from <laughs> be, from be, from yeah. from not even having two dollars to be drove home to BMW from club promoting to. Working with two yep. former Minnesota Vikings, you know everyone has a path. <laughs> hey,
0: yeah, it's about the journey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so funny,
0: oh, wild, oh my wild, god, wild, 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 wild. So what? So on the on the promoting stuff because that's that's a side of believe it or not, I'm not a huge uh, club really guy. Corey. Uh, yeah, I know. You never would have guessed. Um, so like when you would go where would you go to like find hot girls to bring to the club cuz like in my mind they're already there like if if you don't know any if I didn't know anything about it i would just think like Okay, that's where hot girls go. Like they go to the club. They're right. there anyway. Who would need to go find them to bring them in? Like, where are you going? Are you going to like modeling agencies? No. Are you going no, to, Corey. Like, bars. Or what are
1: we? I I have no idea. Okay, so <laughs> please enlighten oh, me. Oh, and you're just gonna love what helped my club. promote Okay, so okay, we'll 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 backtrack into that because this is all gonna segue together, and you're gonna love how this all ties together. Between be, between the nannying, fun. the club promoting, and and then how <laughs> and then how it all helped my stand up career. Okay, so, um, what you. I don't know. I've always been, like, just, like, a social butterfly. And I didn't have friends when I moved to New York. So I was, like, I'll just... And I lived in, like, smack beautiful part of Soho. I would just, like, bar hop with my roommate and meet people. And then, you know, even... I'm not saying the grizzly Pair, but I'm saying, like, even McDougal Street right there. And I'm 21, so, like, I need mm-hmm. to find young hot girls or whatever. So, you know, you just bar hop and meet people. So... That's it. I, I It's not that. Co- I know it's I know I'm making it sound easy, but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, I think the, it's easier. Uh, the I think, think it has a lot. I think it's has a lot to do. I with think it. it's different when like a girl approaches a group of hot girls. And then Corey, if like you were me and Soho, like going up a happy hour, like going up to a group of girls, you know what I mean? I think it's just like it's just different. Yeah, it's just different.
0: No, I I would guess that for sure uh, because I don't think I could get a girl, much less a group of girls, to follow me anywhere. So I think. Uh,
1: well, <laughs> I think there's something I'm missing. Well, and, okay, so <laughs> just tie this all together. So I started nannying. I I was still kind of club promoting, and I lived in Soho by McDougal Street when uh, the Village Lantern and Grizzly Parra, I don't know if yep. you've ever painted a picture for people but this was back in 2009 where Village Lantern was way different than it is now and mm. and cuz I'm a I'm always out cuz I'm just like a night person and got into the nightlife and all this crap in New York and I'm walking by and Yamanika Sanders and Andrew Schultz are barking outside of the lantern barking Free comedy show. Free comedy. Wow. And uh, for anyone listening, if you don't know who those people are, uh, Andrew Schultz actually just made it to Netflix, but he's huge. And, you know, yeah. it, it, and so, and of course, I'm like a young 21 girl. I see Andrew. I'm like, oh, my God, he's hot. And <laughs> I, I, I always tell him this story. So I'm with who knows who I'm with at this point. I, I had never met a stranger. That's what, you know, I've always been told I've never met a stranger. Andrew Schultz and Yamanika bark me into a comedy show. I've never been to a comedy show, by the way. Never. My friend and I go. It's like dollar Bud Lights at the Lantern. It's 2009. Hell I yeah. go down. It's Yamanika Sanders, Nori Davis, Andrew Schultz, Danny Siegel, Josh Accardo, Kalise Hawkins. Who was else on that lineup? But in general,
0: that's a stellar lineup. I can't believe you remember that many names. But, yeah, those those guys are – all of them are are so talented now. Right.
1: But and, 11 years and ago, Colin, 12 years and ago. And Colin K, I don't know if you guys remember. Or he's kind of like a West Coast guy now, but he used to be big in New York. Um, Anyways, so and – I, and I went down there, and I was like, this is – like, I fell in – and I'm trying to find my place, not just modeling. Like, I just want to be – I don't know what I want to do with my life. And I went to the stand-up show, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And I lived right around the corner. And so yeah. I befriended Andrew and all the guys there and this guy, Colin Kane. And I just kept coming back, and I would bring people. So, Corey, this is how Amory, Amory wow. Bringer was born.
0: Oh, my so God. So they were
1: they <laughs> were Colin, and then were like, Amory, you're telling me. They're like, because they thought I wanted to do stand-up. You know what I mean? You start showing face. You get to know the people. Yeah. I was like, no. I was like, I just love this. So, like, so you're telling me you don't want to perform, but you want to help, like, with the show. I was like, yeah. I know nothing about stand-up, by the way. I know <laughs> nothing about stand-up. Oh, my God. They're so like, we found our dream girl. <laughs> so, I'm like a... Yeah. The, the, you
0: that that's a unicorn like right there's no not even a barker where where that just happens no they always want something from i'm
1: I'm not even a barker i'm just like a i was like a natural born producer and bringer in new york city and so i started producing shows at the village lantern and my roommate and i Kristen. then we started working with colin Kane, and he had residency with paul mooney and his own show at caroline's started producing at caroline started producing at caroline's and helping with the Paul Mooney show. And I was like, this, but I know nothing about stand up. I don't even, I don't even understand like how I'm already into these places, right? And I'm like producing right. and I have no idea. So I, and I was in and out of producing. I, you know, I'm just lost little bird and nanning and like whatever, but I fell in love with stand up. But everyone, you know, in the community, like if you see comics all, like every in my, you know, my personality. So everyone thought I was a comic though. Like everyone was like, you know huh. what I mean? Like, I was, cause I, well, cause yeah. I was always at the Lantern. You're everywhere. I was, why wouldn't you? I was do? always at the Lantern. And I don't know if you know who Sergio Chacon is, but he came, he approached me and he was like, because you know, you start trading spots and like, so I, it's funny, like, I kind of paved my way. And by the way, this is why I've never done an open mic, because I produced for a while and then I got into stand up. I was producing in a bringer already. You know what I mean? so wow. yeah. yeah
0: were you making money off yeah. of that like yeah. you produce shows that's awesome
1: um and so um and i was just helping too so some shows that it wasn't it, it all changed it was all i was all over the place but i just wanted to like be involved in something you know what i mean so yeah. i just wanted to be a part of something and so i got to know the new york community and sergio Chicom was like oh amory i do this because then, then, you know, I'm known as, like, I'll bring people to the show. So, you know, then everybody wants you on your show. And Sir Jogicum was like, you should come do my show at the, um, uh, I was going to say Laugh-, Laugh Lounge. And it's not around anymore. And I was like, oh, no. I was like, right. oh, no, 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 no. I'm not a comedian. He was like, what? He's like, oh, my God, Amory. He, Amory, <laughs> you have to start doing comedy. Like, you know, like your personality. Like, everyone always thought as a host, too, which is funny because that's what I am now. And I was like. No no no, he's like you have to do it. Like he forced me to do it. And so like I got 6 <laughs> minutes together and I did like one of those new showcases where you bring six people. Blah, blah, blah. But that was right. already who I was. So it was just that's how I that's how I became a stand-up comedian though. That's what's so crazy.
0: That is insane. You like backdoored your way into four really good clubs just by like asking for nothing. Right that's um, it's like you you jedi mind tricked the the clubs into letting you in well where like i guess now in retrospect now i'm hearing that i'm like yeah it's a really fucking good idea who doesn't want extra and then
1: everyone everyone wanted me to produce so then and then new york comedy club in 2011 i started producing there friday nights like or 2012 with madison mulloy so like and everyone's like, oh, you're not past. And you're not past. I'm like, okay, I don't get this. Guys, I just have been producing at all these clubs way before all this p- political, all this crap started. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, people are like, oh, you've been at New York Comedy Club for a long time. You're not past. I'm like, oh, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, I just took such a different yeah. route in comedy. So, and yeah. here I am.
0: Yeah. I mean, spots are spots. Getting past, is, getting past as we're seeing, like, with uh like the sarah cooper thing on netflix like oh you mean the system that every comedian worships for 10 years doesn't necessarily matter anymore because the internet broke it oh no i'm so sad like i'm fucking not sad no there's uh the whole the whole business uh is completely turned over now so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens like if there are gonna be new jobs Create it. like are there are like our clubs going to come back are they going to do it the same mm-hmm. way all this other stuff it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting i just i guess i'm kind of pessimistic <sighs> that it's going to be better for comedians but maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's just because i was uh barking for you know a year See, a but you before i was producing but you
1: have that barker hustle inside you a lot of comics don't want to do that work so yeah. that's why I like sharing my story, too, because I think people think I just like what? Like I'm a pretty girl who's like kind of like popular in the comedy community. I'm like, oh, no, 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 <laughs> oh no, 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 I've been around for <laughs> I've been around for a while. Just no one knew me. You know what I mean? Right. So um, but you have that in you. So I think the actual comics the real comics will survive this pandemic and we'll come back better than ever. I already know who's going to be okay. Other people are going to give up because they can't be patient or just like make a podcast (laughs) or content or like, you just got to do what you like. Everyone's so upset about stage time. I'm like, "Um, I'm just going to write and I'm also going to focus on my niche and like figure stuff out until we are back on stage. And it is weird when you go back on stage for the first time after like months, you're like, I was like, okay, what, I don't know if I remember my jokes like it was so it's yeah, so what's my what's
0: my timing how fast do I talk I was again? like I don't remember I was like, yeah.
1: and then I was like oh wait 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 wait. the premise okay I remember this one here we go here we go here we go so,
0: right yeah rule of threes got it I got, I've just got to remember rule of threes I should be okay. good no
1: but I love sh- I love sharing that story because I whenever comics get discouraged I like to share that story I'm like guys no one had there's not it's not like one way to do stand-up comedy it's not like open mic bringer right. feet uh open feature headline or throw in a check spot right. check spots in between that is like everyone is so different so don't hate on every anyone just be yourself and focus on you i try to tell this to every freaking comic cuz i hear all these comics talking crap about other comics and i'm like okay whatever <laughs> so
0: yeah yeah yeah, no, I it's uh, there's no right way to do it, and um, I think that's the way it is with like just about every type of career, though. Of course. Right? Like you're this even applies to your My like nannying yep. thing. You were off and on with that one family. What? How many times would you say you were like off and on? With the the family that you lived with in the Hamptons, like four or five, um, times? yeah. But like there was like,
1: like a two year period where I was really gone, and then I also worked for other families, but like part time. Like, oh, and I love my other family, Hunter and Summer. I love you, yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I and I'm also been an emergency babysitter for people, and it's really cute because now my Manhattan friends are getting pregnant. And I help them with pick up their nannies. It's really funny. Uh, there yeah. You go. <laughs> uh, oh, it's also it's not not to like say this but it's like also hard being like the young cute nanny cuz like all the other nannies like don't like you or like the other mom's like I can't believe you'd hire like a young girl and I might and my the mom would be like I like her personality and she's cool like what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> or
0: well that, or, yeah that is the ew, stereotype. ew you ew, uh, uh, like <laughs>
1: or people would be like do you hook up with the dad I'm like ew no
0: <laughs> Such weird question. Does that ever, like, you know, more nannies than than
1: I do? Does that ever actually happen? I mean, I think celebrities have gone through it, but I don't know, no, no, no. I think I think it's like <laughs> so, a but, two- but.
0: There's this whole world where sugar daddies exist. I just kind of figured right. they were like the Venn right. diagram had a lot of overlap. Right. I don't. Right. Know right. That. Right. I I know nothing of this. Right.
1: So uh, yeah, no, it's 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 been interesting, even with my sports career now becoming a sports personality i took a very non-traditional you know stand-up comedy is the reason that's getting me into sports media which you know sports media is like my ultimate dream and not just like a dream come true that i never thought could be obtained right and then stand-up comedy opened that door for me so you know you guys got to trust the process and the journey because you know anything just keep just keep swimming baby so
0: yeah Alright, so what have we got about fifteen minutes left? What else do we have on that list? You you teased it before oh my gosh. we we got on the mics that you had a list oh, of like oh. ten different jobs you've okay.
1: done. So okay. So I've been a like a YMCA basketball coach. That was uh
0: nice. Wait. Oh that's awesome. Oh. I actually was a an intramural uh referee for over a year. And that was my favorite job I've ever had in my entire life was refereeing our, our right. college intramurals. It was so much fun to like just like get some exercise, go out there. I just loved being around the game right. and I always like I was like, Yeah, when I get older I might like coach or whatever. Right. See if I could get back into it. Right.
1: You know? Well and okay, so before I moved to New York, I was I had a period between I went to college in LA, so like between college and then uh, moving to New York, there was like a six, like five six months per- period where just a transition. And I was teaching. I used to like want to pursue modeling or like whatever. I used was teaching kids how to do runway modeling at a like one of those scam agencies wow. in my hometown in New Mexico and. My mom has been my mom had an incredible military career. She's in the military for 30 plus years. And wow, she used to sell um, she used to make breakfast burritos, like you know, it's a big thing in New Mexico, like burritos. and and um, she used to sell them, like we used to make burritos for the troops and make makes make, make <laughs> extra money and so like i'd sell them for two dollars so i i did that for a while i sold breakfast burritos to save up money like i just like had these like aw- yeah awesome. so i made uh, i was a burrito seller for a while but when i got to new york um i've i've helped manage a private gym in manhattan uh i've worked at every every bar by the way every bar i've worked at except oh no that closed now too every bar i've worked at in manhattan has closed
0: i don't know if i would put that on your resume next time you're applying for places
1: right oh and then um this is really weird i love cleaning and so like and i had the experience with um being a nanny and so sometimes uh within my circle of different friends like some of these finance dudes just wanted someone to come like dust their bachelor pads and clean right and my
0: they wanted a mom. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> I'm trying to remember the story to the T. Okay. So I'm in like, when I, you know, I'm like sporty spice too. I'm like in my, let's say I'm in like my Lululemon sports, soul cycle, sports bra, leggings, normal, you know, normal basic girl apparel. Sure. So to go clean this house. So, oh my gosh, I would fill in for my friend who used to clean this guy's house in our circle. And I went there one morning. Okay. And you, let's not, I'm not into stereotypes, but you know. You know the stereotype of, like, maybe you have a house cleaner that comes once yep. a week. Okay. We all know. Okay. So, I show up yeah. to his, I say he's a bachelor, because what, single guy, finance guy in New York. I show up to his apartment, so he can let me in, and then he would go to work, and then like you know, I clean, and then leave. I show up, and he has a girl over. So, imagine if I show up as the housekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> she she was so confused it was so funny (laughs) and
0: and then Uh, he got really he got really mad
1: at me because i think i mixed up all his girls toothbrushes or something i was like dude okay well whatever so i stopped cleaning this apartment but that that was another fun little side gig what other (laughs) um oh i managed a loft space in chelsea Okay. An event space So
0: what kind of loft Was this for Oh events Okay so, I was gonna ask Is this for like art Is this for parties It was kind of just is like An empty
1: like... loft That would just like Be turned into like Whatever you want it to be Like people would rent it out Nice Yeah so I got it So kind of like My producing Goes hand in hand With this Just like these odd jobs I would get um, And let me look it up Those are pretty much It Oh I've only been fired From one job And that was the first job I ever got And it was at a movie theater When I was like 15 Nice. Because is there a story um, behind? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you something. Uh, Please. I went to work and at movie theater. Super. So I've always been a worker. Like love working. I'm a weirdo. And <laughs> I'm. But I'm. The demons can't catch you. If you're right. Working. Right. <laughs> so I. All I can remember is they threw me on register, but I've never worked a register in my entire life. I did not count the drawer. They didn't teach me anything. So at the end of the day, my drawer was off. And they didn't think I stole, but that was policy. If your drawer was off, you get fired. So I got fired within the first day. I was so embarrassed. I started walking home because my mom had to pick me up, you know. Um, But I couldn't really go far because it was kind of like far from my house. But like. I was so pissed. I think they. I can't. I have to ask my mom, but I think they called me back and asked if I want my job back. But I was like, no. I was embarrassed. So, yeah, that's funny. How much was your drawer off? I can't remember. I don't think it was that much, but I think the manager was stealing. With the, when they ended up founding out that the, the, actually there's a man. Uh, yeah, there's a manager stealing. So, uh, uh gotcha. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Other than that, i bartended for years. So on and off, too, as well in New York, which is a lot of fun, but it's too much fun. So I had to get out of that as well.
0: Yeah. What uh, What did you bartend at, like, different types of bars? Or oh, was yeah. It always like a sports bar. Um. So what give me give me the rundown of New York. Like, what is it like to to bartend at a dive bar uh, versus like upscale classy versus sports oh. bar? Because I've been to all of them. But and I've, I've got a sense. But just like behind behind the bar are are people talking shit about different yeah. things and like i'm sure there's there's different okay. people coming in these
1: are my two favorite two favorite bars to work at two favorite shifts daytime bar in a good area with a lot of construction workers because you then would make the same amount of money that you would on a night shift those construction workers treated you like a princess too made you <laughs> e- awesome. ego boost They get shit-faced at lunch, and you'd make the same amount of shift pay as you would at nighttime, and that that was, like, the best. But that's a hard job to find. And dive bars, but dive bars are dangerous because you you can drink on the job. So you get drunk with your customers. And it's super cheap, so you make more money, I feel like, sometimes. Because it's kind of like freelance versus, like, when you're at these nice lounges and clubs and stuff, it's very corporate. You have to, like, look a certain way. You know, you're, like, full on makeup hair. You have to be dressed a certain way. You know what I mean? Dive bars, you can wear whatever you want. I say it's more like dry shampoo. You're hungover. You know, drink with your customers. Yeah, it's like a a messed up cheers. You know what I mean? It's really good. Um, Yeah, and some of my regulars are... But I had to get out of it. I'm too. I'm too much fun. It's it's a lifestyle, and like, <laughs> it's so unhealthy. Like you work from like six p.m. to like yeah. four a.m. Your tall your yeah. tall to, shot tolerance just becomes too crazy in New York, and then you're like get off work, and you still go out to after hours. Like it's crazy, but it's really good money. Yeah. It's hard to, it's, um, it's sure hard to it le-
0: Like what were, what were you bringing in at each different type of place? Was it about the same, uh, everywhere or, or was there a big variance?
1: Depends where you worked and like what shifts you got. But if you're like a weekend shift, like, let's say you're at like a popular bar. Like I used to work at this common ground place and, uh, I've worked in Outfit City. I've worked on the Upper East Side. Like, and if you worked like a Friday night, you'd rack in a couple hundred bucks. Easy, easy. A night on a weekend, like a nice. Friday, Saturday. So yeah. You and that's only two days, so then that helps you with your that's like a good day job, but then Friday and Saturday nights, you know, then they're your show nights, so it's tough. Yeah. And then so yeah, just, I, and, and, nice, and, and one year I did football Sundays, and that was the dumbest thing. I I lasted five Sundays. I was like, I can't do this. I'm a mess. No, I cannot work football Sundays ever. <laughs> and it was a Packers bar. And my favorite part is oh. oh. It was so funny because I would wear, and that was the year where the Vikings started. It was a couple of years ago. We started off five and zero, and then our, and like, and then I stopped after that weekend. Funny enough, and then the Viking season went to shit. But it was like the best <laughs> five weeks of my life. And Packer fans, they were like doing so bad at the start of the season. Then they ended up winning the division. But still, it was like so funny for that five weeks. It was amazing.
0: So were you like getting shit faced and watching the game with the people at the bar, or I when you said you couldn't do it, I assumed that it was because you couldn't sit down and right. watch the That's game. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not. It's not fun. I'm like, I want to oh. watch my
1: games. I and I like all. I watch yeah. all the games all day. That's like my holy day. That's my life. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 No, I uh, I completely understand. I mean, so it sounds like you've pretty much just from the time you were. 21 at least just been balancing three to five different things all at one time all the time just like that kind of you just like staying busy or is it like what what kind of drives you to do all these jobs instead of like get something like an office job where it's kind of consistent for a couple of years and then do shows at night like what was kind of the thinking there
1: um I've, I have always strive for freedom financially and for myself. I've always wanted to work for myself, so I wanted to do whatever it took to work for myself and on my time. And I feel like sure uh, 9 to 5 is not for me. It never has been. I don't like being put. I'm not, and anyone who has 9 to 5, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just never going to be for me. I have to work for myself. Like, I have to. I have to work on my hours, my time, and uh, – and yeah. so uh, I'm also just a hustler, and I like. I think I like. I like having purpose every day. So that's why I think I love working. I don't like not doing anything.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely, I, I definitely got that like, sense from you. I don't see you sitting around except on football days. I don't see you sitting around doing nothing. And even football is now your job. Right, so. right,
1: right, right. So yeah, well, that's another thing too. Is like just you know, and now I've learned in my 30s. Just I have so much discipline when it comes to comedy and sports media now so you know on football sundays i'm not throwing them back i'm like oh i'm i have to be focused and and let me tell you something as right. someone who has been a diehard viking fan my whole life sober sundays are way tougher <laughs> yes no i that's a joke but yeah. that's a joke by the way but seriously like wow this is, is, is this is something <laughs> this is something
0: uh, yeah yeah and look at that we've uh we've come full circle come full we started circle. talking about the vikings ended talking about the vikings actually real quick before you go uh and people who aren't into football can can turn this off now give me your super bowl picks for uh the end of uh or yeah for this upcoming who Super Bowl I, in february and granted i do want to point out this is going to come out uh, I think a week and a half from now so hopefully
1: your picks will not already be eliminated by the time people they won't it. okay do you want my who I want in the Super Bowl or who's going to the Super Bowl I want both okay that's who I want in the Super Bowl I want ugh, I hate everyone in the NFC right now <laughs> like I can't believe I'm like the Bears I guess Aww. no I want. Ugh. Dude, I'm so happy for the Browns and the Bills. So that's been that's been tough for me. I really want the Bills to go to the Super Bowl. They are such a I do they too. are a sick team. They're so much fun. They're the only team I yeah. think that can beat the Chiefs. But I don't think anyone's beating the Chiefs or Packers, unfortunately. I think it's going to be Chiefs Packers. Yeah. Chiefs Packers in the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers on a stupid level right now. And um I think he's just yeah. already decided it's happening. So, uh, yeah, Seahawks, I Seahawks No 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 like Seahawks Saints all those they're so beatable like I'm like no joke no one's beating the Packers right now and no one's no one's beating Mahomes sorry sorry but uh,
0: I dis- I disagree with you on the Mahomes thing. I think the Bills can beat him. I think uh, uh I think the the Chiefs defense is not very good and I think the Buffalo defense is just barely good enough and I'd love to see them in there. I'd like to see Drew Brees win another one, but I agree with you. I think we're gonna have to suffer through another Aaron Rodgers Super Bowl. Yes. I don't think he's gonna lose. I think he's gonna lose. No no no
1: no no no. And if I had my Uh. choice, I oh man. It's so hard because I'm not a big fan of um except I do like uh the red I'm I'm sorry, I'm calling them the Redskins. Redskins uh defense. I think they're gonna be so sick. They already are, but I just think they're gonna be so good. Yeah. I just feel like Alex Smith is just too nervous with his leg. I mean, if, if my dream would be like Bill's Redskins or like Bill's Bears.
0: But Bill's <laughs> Bill's football team. Yeah. The- <laughs> yeah. Bill's Bears. Oh, my God. Bill's Bears would be the worst game
1: <laughs> in Super Bowl
0: history.
1: That'd be horrible. I just, like, hate the Packers and Saints so much. But I do. Oh. I do. Um, And what? everyone think Brady. I don't think Brady's going to go. But I would just love to see an- anyone but the Saints or Packers against the Bills. But I do really think no one's getting past the Chiefs or Packers.
0: Fair enough. Awesome. Well, Thank you for doing this. Let's uh, yeah. So what do you what do you have to plug? I, I I'm sure I do have some listeners who would be into uh, your your Vikings Brawl podcast. But what else are you doing uh, right now that they could go find you? So if we just
1: go to the Brawl Network, that's B R A W L Network. I am I run the Vikings Brawl, and we are hiring too. If you know anyone interested out there in the world, interesting in writing for the NFL in covering NFL hmm. and so hit me up you i'm very i'm very friendly as you can tell from this podcast uh (laughs) never met a stranger uh and also the players brawl i'm really believe in this podcast you guys it's called asked and answered brought to you by the players brawl part of the brawl network it's so good if people could just subscribe to that be awesome and oh I, i can't believe i've let this out. We just got so caught up. I did record my comedy album in November, Name Three Players. It's a, uh, oh, it's wow. a sports comedy album. I record it in studio with no one. And then I'm going to do a live show when we're allowed to. And then I'm going to combine the both. So that will be coming out in spring. It's called Name Three Players. That's awesome. It's called Name Three Players. I'm basically going to make fun of women and men uh, sports fans. Uh, because for some reason, guys always quiz me and ask me to name three players and, like, three defensive players every time they find out I'm a, I'm a football fan. And it's really weird, <laughs> and it's really funny because it's always three players. I don't know what it is. Name three players. I'm like, okay. Um, okay, I can name 53. But, you know, anyways, yeah. it's just really funny. It's And so I'm making fun of all the stereotypes. Really excited about this project. So be on the look for that. But follow my podcast. That's all. That's all, Corey.
0: Awesome cool well i will put that in the show notes and uh we'll have to do another one of these sometime soon okay
1: awesome thank you yep talk
0: to you later